for um I'm into like colours. And it's right. gonna sound very weird. No, but no, I'm not really at all, mate. Not at all. As in like literally colours. And yeah. I'm thinking of a very particular damn what's this T V show with where this um woman, she's like a nurse or whatever, psychiatrist, and she it was during like the lobotomy era. She was basically mm-hmm. killing patients. Nah, she's got a list. It's a TV show. I, I, what it's no I don't really. I'm not a show type yeah. of person. Bro, the colors was fucking. Is it like American Horror Story or something? It's, mm, it's it's horror, but it's not like American. It's I think it was uh, just one season, bro. It was the colors. It was ridiculous. Mad. When you say it colors, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like the lenses used? Do you mean like the no? I mean the literally the colors, like in every scene, in every like, scene, really bright colors, like everything just Fair. color coordination. Like they're using green. It's just yeah. gonna be green everything. Are you a type of person just, who's like? Mm. You associate colors with like a certain exactly. experience or a set, because like, yeah. for example, like Frank Ocean. Mm. Um, I know, like, you know his album Channel Orange. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he has this. I don't know what the condition is called. It's not a bad condition or anything, but like, he just associates certain colors with like experiences or scents in mm. their lives, and just really res. I find it really interesting, cause like, for me, I just appreciate colors as they are. Mm. But for you, it might be something different, like. Yeah. How did colors um affect the way you watched that movie? Did you, like in terms yeah. of the plot, the story, like what what, what was what was the, the personal effect you had? With it, it just keeps me I don't know engaged and I just yeah. feel good watching it. Exactly, Cause it just it just looks so good. Visually, I can't explain it. it's yeah. visually aesthetic. It's like it's yeah. like just wow, just beautiful. Yeah. I can't explain the feeling, but it definitely makes me feel like a certain type. I of think I think the use of colors in, in in movies or just visual arts in general is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, like, like the the even like out. Uh, the reason why I mentioned lens, a certain lens that you use can can display a certain type of emotion you want to yeah. put to the setting. Like you can have Christopher like a Nolan. Exactly, exactly Christopher yeah. Nolan. I think Denny Villeneuve is really good with that. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about this a exactly. few days ago, right? Blade exactly. Runner. Blade, Blade Blade Runner is one of the most Blade. aesthetically pleasing movies you can ever have. Oh my god! Thing is, like, it's just <laughs> well, before we go into Denny Villeneuve, like we have to talk about Roger Deakins. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because Deakins, he's the cinematographer for many incredible films, not just Villeneuve. He's got like fifteen Oscar nominations mm-hmm. or something. But I think he is genuinely like the goat, like cinematographer because he's so good. He doesn't have just his own unique style, like a Christopher Doyle or something. Like, yeah, he can like amend his style for whatever film mm-hmm. or whatever requirements that the director gives to him. Mm-hmm. That that that's what makes him such an incredible cinematographer. Because a lot of people they just put their own style into every single film, do the same thing. But he can adapt it to suit the mood and the atmosphere of every single film, or even like within a film different shots because it conveys like different moods and all that so yeah that's incredible no it's it's, yeah. it's 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 fascinating to me i mean uh that the, the movie i was thinking of with colors was actually um uh, a movie that doesn't really have that many colors have you guys seen arrival by any chance arrival um, yes uh, arrival arrival Wait. uses um organic natural color in it almost does. all it their uh it, it's it's not mm-hmm. it's i don't know where you could stream that movie but yeah. Uh, it's one of his, um, I think it's, it? the, it's the last one he did before, before uh, Blade yeah. Runner. Yeah, and Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. 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 It was like 2016, something like that. Yeah. Am I, I don't, I don't remember. The, the, the name rings a bell. Like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. It was Jer- uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner and, and Amy, Amy Adams. Adams yeah. 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 I've seen the movie of those two. I'm trying to like, I think I probably have it's, seen it's, it. There's, there's a ship that comes in from space and yeah. uh, they, they, they're trying to decode the language so that they can talk and like the entire movie is basically a translation film. Like how do you, how do people from different Countries, world yeah. essentially communicate Wait, with each other. Is it the one decode each other's language? Oh shit! Is it the one? Nah, I'm thinking of a different movie. But you should watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> yeah film. Yeah. But I, I, the reason oh, why yeah, I brought I that up it. is yeah, I have. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the reason why I brought that up is um, it's it's 
it doesn't really use any colors mm. in the in the traditional sense where you like sometimes you have a scene lit slightly dim slightly dark it's it's just all or either organic natural colors or yeah. very harsh white light very harsh white exactly and that, that was what that, that was what really struck me about mm. this like the mm. one thing I remember about this film which is great that you brought up colors because for me like the film I wouldn't say it's a very action packed film there's like okay the the twist was incredible yeah. obviously it one of my favorite twists mm-hmm. of like recent films. But like what strikes me is that scene where they communicate with Oh yeah. It's not really a spoiler yeah. because it happens yeah. quite early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. But that scene where they communicate for the first time, it's just mm-hmm. completely it's a monochromatic mm-hmm. uh type of palette and that was such a cool representation of the dystopian world exactly. of interaction with the extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So colors hundred percent strike yeah. me a lot. And another thing as well, it's like sound or in certain in the case of certain movies, the yeah. lack thereof. Because yeah. like the lack thereof, yeah, okay. silence. Because for like a, yeah, for like a lot of movies, like you need a lot of sound to you know yeah. like to emphasize the little details. Of course, yeah. You know, just to bring it to life. Whereas for certain movies, like when there isn't any sound at all, it means you have to really focus because it's going to be like a lot of things going on exactly at once, and you have to really try to figure out. Yeah. That's how suspense is built. That's why I really love like movies of suspense because yeah. sometimes they don't even do anything. It's like the character will just be standing there, but that one look the camera would just tell you everything exactly. that you need to know exactly. it's like very little things like a 10 second i don't know like shot zooming into like a wall mm. and out of it just tells you gets you thinking because yeah. then it's like what was it, the purpose of that shot yeah like, like they're directing your focus mm. trying to get you to like engage with the movie in a way so you're not just watching it you're like consuming it and you're like a part of it to me that is just like insane and you know when the sound comes on and or off that will also just yeah, you you mentioned that. suspense, and I think that is the best use of silence in films. I think yeah. if you if you if you're trying to build something up, when you have that like you know, like I, the way I'm imagining it is, you have this abrasive soundtrack, something is building, something is building, and then it bubbles over, and goes yeah. into silence, and in that silence, you have you can see a few shots. You see shots that like kind of indicate what's gonna happen right next, like right after. Exactly. But you know, <laughs> the silence is what builds it up. You, like, you know what's what. Coming to my, well, not a particular movie, but a genre like horror movies. Yeah, you know how they'll be yeah. chasing the yeah. main character, and, <laughs> and they just look, like, and then they just look at your right. Yeah, and boom. No. all these tropes in horror films. <laughs> but to be fair, now that you mentioned silence in horror films, like mm. I'm gonna talk about a pretty mainstream one, but a quiet place. I think. Oh, I think was yeah, fucking yeah. fantastic for a directorial debut. Exactly. That is honestly incredible. And a guy who's like who does comedies for a yeah. living, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That was. That was an experience. I, I've seen the second one as well. Um, I've seen. I don't uh, think it was as good. Yeah, it as wasn't. It really wasn't. Really was. They were just dragging out the story. Yeah, just I agree. It. I think the f- it, it was good as a one-off type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um. But that yeah, the use of silence in that film was incredible. There wasn't any music whatsoever. Like that was phenomenal. So it was such a great idea. The, the yeah. acting was also incredible. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. That 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 child female actor. I don't remember yes. her name, but the the the, the deaf girl. Yeah. Mm incredible man yeah. like, like I've, I've never seen a performance that vivid from a child like, she was phenomenal yeah. her and Emily Blunt I Oof. think um, incredible chemistry as yeah. well yeah I think sure. if you talk about that movie you have to talk about Bird Box Bird, I, I, I haven't watched I also it. haven't watched Bird Box I won't lie you guys haven't I have not watched I, I remember. Box. I remember when that entire hype train was running well, it just didn't really appeal like, to me uh, COVID yeah, 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 the thing yeah, is I watched it before the hype train it's like even though there's like a lot of hype I think you guys should watch it really because those movies are just very similar to me one it's about sound yeah, the other one's about vision. Vision. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know. It's a really good movie. I recommend it. How was it shot? Like, mm. for, for the loss of vision, how did it communicate? Was it like. So, shit, I don't think. So, there wasn't any. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, go, so, yeah, so, basically, you can't, like, make eye contact with the um, 
the, the creatures. creatures. Okay, because okay. okay. yeah, because if you see them, oh yeah, you go crazy basically. Visually, uh, what do they do to um convey that? Was it just yeah. kind of like um um well, it's like it's, it's more of a third person. Yeah, type of, okay. basically, it was shot from okay. someone else's perspective, so, okay. and it was very clear that they saw something that drove drove them crazy. Okay, and uh, everyone was just going mad. And then they were like, okay, I think we need to basically learn how to see without yeah. actually using mm-hmm. our eyes. Did they try to do anything to like obstruct the? They viewers? did some really crazy shit. Like yeah. towards the end, they were like using like fuck um, cameras to to like see. So like the guy would be like in in the in the room, and then okay. having all these cameras everywhere directing the character to where to go, and then uh, they had to use uh, all all their senses but their sight to get to where they need to be. It's like using all these alternatives. To, yeah. Like, you know, just showing how when you lose one sense, you have to rely on Rather the other one. Amplify the others. Basically, and it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Great so shot. I was thinking they might use like some POV shots where they convey mm. like completely POV shots are really hard to mm. shoot. I feel they are in, 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 in movies where especially it's I like action packed. I can understand. Yeah. But it, it, even even with action packed movies, the POV, especially the shaky cam, is is it's, it's a hit and miss. Do you know do you know why they use shaky cams for a lot of action films? Why is it? It's because they haven't properly choreographed their action. Yeah. Pieces. So it makes it yeah. seem like it yeah. makes it seem like there's a lot of like. Mm action going on there's mm. a lot of movement and dynamism there's or whatnot the sorry. way i see i'm, I'm sorry for interrupting no 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 of course go the for way it. i see it is if it's not one take yeah then it's probably gonna be shit that's why <laughs> really when it comes to action yeah. like chinese movies like they're on a different le- level like yeah. fucking jackie chan's one shot <laughs> his one take scenes literally yeah. the camera will move from there to there and you literally just be fighting like no breaks no cuts nothing if it's not that then yeah. I just know it's gonna, probably going to be like incredibly choreographed and required yeah. like a hundred shots. So I don't really like yeah. care about that because I know because it's Hollywood, they're not really going to be like martial art experts. Exactly. So it's like yeah. So I know actually, Jackie Chan is like hated in Hong Kong. He yeah, he absolutely. Oh yes, um, absolutely hated. And who else? Them Donny. Uh, oh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen isn't as. He's not as hated, but, but like Jackie Chan's like top five most hated people in Hong Kong. Because he's. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> That's why I'm not. I'm not really gonna build on Jackie Chan. I don't really well, want to no, talk we, about we, it. We all love Jackie Chan here. But I mean, it's, 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 it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's also a good place to introduce the uh, podcast again. Welcome to the first, the second ever episode of Smokeless Sundays. I keep saying first. I don't know why. It, 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 it always feels like the now. first time. Exactly. It's it feels like the first time. Exactly. Like yeah, every time I, I do this, I think, "Ooh, the podcast has done this before." But no, the, the, this episode we're trying to navigate through the art and cinematography, and for that we have our first ever guest, Toby Chan, who himself is quite knowledgeable in the field. He has his own Instagram page, Curated Films, yeah. which, by the way, is incredible. Is Please do right check now. it out, and yeah. I'm going to give him the mic to pr- pr- promo that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the way... Well, I wouldn't say I'm like a phenomenal expert. Like, I'm not just trying to like underplay myself. But, like, yeah, but I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like movies and all that. I really like films. And for me, the reason why I decided to open this account was really just to document my thoughts and my feelings about films and all that. And uh, like, I didn't. I never really tried to promote it because it mainly is for personal collection, just to document my perspective on these movies when I saw them at a particular age so that I could look back at it in a couple of years time try to see if I have a different perspective or not but um yeah I'm glad like people like you have found it interesting and you know took some, some, some took something away from it appreciate that it was for that um, exact reason that I wanted to bring you on you mentioned um to look back on it in a few years so the way I visualized that page is it almost seemed like to me that it was a diary that you were building upon yeah. you were almost creating like this collection of work that you can look back on in the future and like almost look at and see 
is what I thought now. What do I think then? Is exactly. this, like how has this evolved? At, how as I've evolved as a person, has my have I changed? As what I liked about it changed, what I disliked about it changed. Exactly. Which I mean, it, it's it's the beauty I see in visual arts, especially yeah. film for in particular. There's there's so many movies that like I'm sure all of us like personal favorites that we watched yeah. six seven times yeah. and each time we watch that regardless yeah. of what you say like you know the story you know what's gonna happen yeah. mm. but you pick out something different you learn something different you 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 yeah. understand something different yeah. that you didn't see before and like yeah and th- there, there there has to be a beauty in that there's there's art in that and like that's what I wanted to bring to the forefront with this episode uh, we've we've talked quite a bit about what Bruce Lee Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan yeah. uh, sound I, I wanted to come back to sound mm. actually yeah. um, okay. How has sound impacted to you guys in general? It can be any movie. How has how sound impacted the quality of the story being told? Like, are there any standout examples you see? Yeah, no, like, so, uh, it can be a soundtrack, oh. it can be like a visual, it, like, it's, it's anything that, like, that sta- stands I out mean, to you with, with the application of sound. Mm. Where do we start? I mean, it depends. Obviously, for sounds, like, there's music, there's sound effects, there's, well, there's, like, so many different things. But, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, but mm. I think music and film is a good place to start because it kind of mm. blends two creative mediums together. Mm. Not saying sound effects aren't a creative medium. Yeah, course, no, I get like what I mean, we have yeah. the Stormtrooper sound effect from that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will forever synonymously be known with Star Wars. Exactly. Everywhere. So there's, so there, there is a, there is exactly. an art in that, of course. But music, I think it's something that's more accessible mm. to a lot of people. And, like, music for mm. me, it conveys a character's mood so well. Yep. I think it's like... There's like scenes where there's a scene in a Hong Kong film called Fallen Angels. Um, basically, what happened was um, this guy was telling the girl he's seeing that he's no longer. This is a Wong. Uh, a Wong Kar Wai film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to talk about Wong Kar Wai. I'm a Hong Konger, so like he is like <laughs> literally one of the greatest. Uh, he's the Scorsese of Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. I need to watch a couple of movies then. I need um, some recommendations after. Yeah. I will probably talk about him quite substantially okay. because like, I know this. <laughs> His Uber, like, yeah, like a back in the hand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's this one scene where he just, the guy tells the girl his message by telling her to put a coin in this song machine, mm-hmm. play her a song, and she, he just plays the entire song for four minutes, and mm-hmm. just by listening to the lyrics, the girl understood everything. It's just stuff like that, that music's just such a creative blend between two different mediums. It's beautiful how it uh, tra- transmits a message and whatnot. What do you think about, like, music and films and whatnot? Or music or just sound in general? I mean, sound in general, yeah. Well, for me, like, one of the most important things, I think, is, like, you know in movies where they have to use, like, a lot of special effects to get, like, certain, you know, weird things and stuff? It's, like, having to do that, but then find the right sound to convey, you know, the feelings, emotions, also that alien, to me, is a work of art. Yeah. Because the perfect example of how not to do it is Power Rangers. Power Rangers, okay. Bro, like, okay. The, the bad guys, like, the sound never matches what they look like. <laughs> You're like, there's no way that you sound, your voice is that squeaky. <laughs> this big, weird, gooey alien just sounds like a little four-year-old. Yeah. But it's like having the right combination of sounds to apply to, like, different scenarios, different characters, or right. different aliens, or whatever. Yeah. To me, it's, like, really important. And the people that do it. You you mentioned the so the the one you mentioned was music and film right yeah. so using a jukebox or a song machine to kind of play a song and uh, translate emotion yeah. that way uh, the the thing I was thinking of with sound was more like soundtracks itself like the people who compose soundtracks yeah. for movies Hans Zimmer uh, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer yeah I mean Hans Zimmer's <laughs> the goat but the, just in general I recently I don't know why but like abrasive sounds really to in my in my opinion. Mm. 
help susp- with suspense. Or like, no, not yeah. just suspense, but even just with the plot. Create tension. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like these, like, like sounds you wouldn't really like expect from instruments, but they're just like very abrasive to the point yeah. and like kind of cut you off and make you feel like. Like, I'll I'll use Dune as an example. Dune, of course. The soundtrack yeah. in that movie, Incredible. honestly, is is, yep. is one of the most incredible things. I've I've watched this like this video as well where um yeah. he goes into how he made ma- he made the uh, soundtrack and like the instruments he uses are like the 16th century. Uh, violins from this country. I think that we have, watched like, that yeah, video exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's mm. it's it's in, it's so fascinating as to how it, there's so much that goes into making mm. one of those pieces. Is what I was exactly. what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. I, these are these these are quite literally the modern day equivalents of what Beethoven used to do back back in the because he he used to compose Basically. music for plays essentially. And this yeah. is the exact same thing. We have yeah. composers who are making these soundtracks to, to accompany, accentuate yeah. an actual story. Exactly. And uh, that, that's that's what I wanted to segue into as well. Like that. What what is it that you guys recognize in in sound in films like the, the, the fa- favorite favorite compo- compositions you've heard stuff like that anything anything that stands I mean, out in particular why did it stand out I'm a basic bitch when it comes to this but at the same time I'm not because I have this song on my playlist so right. before I say it just know it's a very basic song but it's my favorite and it's um time time um, by Hans Zimmer okay. yes yeah and Inception yeah, yeah. 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 it's Inception. a very basic song but it's like it just explains my, it, it, that song knows me better than I know myself. Like whenever I listen yeah. to it, it's like I just picture like all these like this different realm universe, and it's just yeah. me fucking staring out into space, looking at fucking the planet. Yeah, sound. you're the main character, mate. You're Literally, the main character. The, the, <laughs> I don't know. It's like the sound is just so it's perfect. It's so like, vivid, yeah. Like all the emotions it inspires is just crazy. Yeah, I just love it. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like, I mean. Um, I feel I'm about to cut you off. I'll just keep. Oh no, 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 man! Continue, bro. Continue. I think that's what makes um, I don't know Hollywood movies like so good in yeah. a way. It's because if you think about it, in order to make a movie, it's like baking or cooking. Mm. It's like there's like steps to ingredients, yeah. and sound is one of the ingredients. One of the most so essential like, ingredients. Exactly. Well, yeah. So it's vision. So it's getting the right actors. Yes. So what like Hollywood movies are like big budget tend to do is they because they have the budget for it. They make sure to get the best of the best. Yeah. So if you have like you know Hans Zimmer and Leo DiCaprio, okay, and then I don't know fucking um, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan's like his camera technique, okay, all in one movie, you know you're in for yeah. something crazy, you know. Uh, fair. It's, it's just bringing the best of everything together to bake that perfect cake. And that's what Inception was. Inception's yeah. brilliant, brilliant. You mentioned um, Christopher Nolan. You mentioned his. Um, Filming technique, you know, Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. There, yeah. there, there. It's gonna be the first time that IMAX cameras are used for black and white frames. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. They, I, they, I they, literally they, watched the video. They, that, that's that's so cool <laughs> to me. Like, like he had he had to quite literally work with engineers to build a to specific build, yeah, camera exactly. that already existed with a past model and integrate the two of them together just mm. for. That's a so interesting, scene. isn't it? Like yeah. blending like the most futuristic, newest technology with like with classic, classic olden day thing, like exactly. making it look yeah. like what it's, it looked like in that yeah. time, but with the crispest quality that you can possibly Crazy. get in a camera. That's just what Nolan is. Like he is a perfectionist. It's it's innovation I mean? meeting art, which exactly. which is which is always like an incredible yeah. set. Like he's always been this type of guy. Like even for Interstellar, it was like one of the mm-hmm. most scientifically mm-hmm. like accurate space mm-hmm. movies ever created yeah. and all that. And then in Tenet, he literally bought an empty plane to crash. I, it I feel I feel like Tenet's overhated, man. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, yeah. I, 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 the first time I watched that movie, I wasn't really the biggest fan, but yeah. like rewatching it, I. I, I really like the um the the the, the woman's art in, in that movie the, the mother right the, her her story is what I feel like like was actually the central part of that story like like right. like you don't really see it at first but 
you see her kind of, kind of jumping off the, the the boat at the start of the movie. Uh-huh. You see her jumping off the boat at the end of the movie. You yeah. see him protecting her and the kid at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like that, I feel like she was actually the central piece that like kept that story going. Like, sure, yeah. Because she was also the connecting piece between the the, the Russian oligarch. Dude. I don't remember his name. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, terrible Russian accent. Oh, yeah. it was so bad. Man. Terrible. He's so a British bad. guy. He, he's, he's, he's such a good actor as yeah, well. He's a but great actor. But yeah, Elizabeth Debicki, I think, Elizabeth was the one Debicki. who played. Um, yeah, she's the also mother. in The Crown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. I've seen more than the first ten minutes of that movie, though. I didn't know why. To be fair, that first ten minutes was literally fucking the scene incredible. at the start. Ooh, that's where I stopped. The, like, it was amazing. House. Yeah, the opera house, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was amazing, bro. That's literally where I stopped, bro. I watched that scene the first ten minutes like five times. That didn't hook you. Reason? No. No, really? it's not that. I don't know what was going on at the time. I just didn't, couldn't make time to watch. Okay. Yeah, and because yeah. so much time has gone by, it's like you can't really be bothered effort. to pick it exactly. up again. Yeah, but I mean, sound in that film, I think, was its best and worst feature. In a yeah, way. I agree. It was obviously the sound effects were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, especially when they were going back in time and all of that, all that shit. Um, that was incredible. But at the same time, you couldn't make out the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think that was the worst part of it because like they were wearing what helmets or whatnot. Yeah, for a and when they were talking in like backwards in time as well, like like th- 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 there was no cohesive like exactly connection with the sound. I feel yeah, mm. which also is very prevalent in the Batman, the new um yes. Matt Reeves Batman. Matt Reeves, but, yeah, yeah, visually stunning. Again, the say, color colors yeah. used there fantastic. Don't get exactly. me started on that movie. Visually stunning, but May, oh my I love that God, film. I love that because I saw the Batman like last year, so it's mm. like. Something told me this is going to be even better than that one. So it's like, yeah, but it's 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 I don't know. The the reason why I brought that up is because the sound in that movie is the exact same thing. Like the the soundtrack is so loud that you cannot hear what the characters are saying in any way. It's overwhelming. Exactly. Um, the way I see it is like to to communicate what's going on with your viewers Mm -hmm. is actually like it's something that's really important. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that Nolan kind of like he fucked around with audio so much. And he was being such a perfectionist with getting all the right sound effects that he forgot the most essential part. Which is the dialogue. Which is the dialogue. Like, the audience couldn't understand what's going on. And it was already a very complicated concept. Exactly. So, like, I think that was a fatal flaw of the film. I love the idea. I love the visuals. I love most of it. But mm. the fact that it failed at its most basic requirement, yeah. I think that's... And it was, it was also too, it, like, if, if, if you're t- looking at the average consumer of, like, a, someone who's going to go to a te- theater to watch something that's visually stunning, yeah. they're in there to, you know, watch something and be like, wow, this is cool. Not go in there and, like, have to think for two hours a- after yeah. the movie or, like, five hours after the movie. Like, how does that even make sense? Yeah, you watch, like, ten back. YouTube videos yeah, about exactly, and try and explain it, physics like, or whatnot. Exactly. Like, it, it's... Nolan's incredibly good at conveying convoluted ideas. Yeah. But I, this one was a step too far, and I, I'm, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad he's kind of reverting back. And he's going back to basic. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like at least it seems like it. It you seems never like know. it. You never, never know. know. With, you never know with Nolan. Uh, but I, I mean, yeah, I think so. From what I've heard, it's supposed to be historically accurate, at least, like slightly historically slightly. accurate. Yeah. I mean, Dunkirk was. I don't know if you've seen Dunkirk. Dun- yeah. 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 Again, um, incredible movie. But he also tried to like. Tried to make some time time jump. And like, yeah, yeah. Tried to do, do, do that shit in like a World War Two film. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't really so work. So that's just yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you tried to make like three. If, I don't know if you've seen that film. You tried to make like three timelines from like Again, air, <laughs> water, or land, or whatnot. Tried to make all of them to convey how all of them. Yeah, but I saw like the videos point. of it though, like the way like the planes are like the shot. From that, oh, I think that was yeah. a really good shot. Incredible. Yeah, Tom Hardy played the pilot who yeah. I thought conveyed uh, emotions so well with like, because you could only see his eyes. Mm. Rogue opinion, I want him to be the next James Bond. That's very interesting. Like, I'd be very interesting Tom Hardy. 
I'm trying to see if I can. He, he would be such a unique James Bond man. Like he's not yeah. the, the stereotypical very suave. Ja- yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I feel like that could like it, it could bring a twist into another otherwise like massive franchise. Very, yeah. Like very pretty much the same lead mm. white male player. Although yeah. no, to be fair, Idris Elba would be incredible as well. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm trying to picture. I feel like Tom Hardy would be like what's his name, Roy. Roy Kent. Yeah, that's literally yeah. I'm picturing. Yeah, you're right, James Bond. Fuck you. <laughs> With my fucking car. Like, <laughs> no, and, uh, t- talking about Tom Hardy, he's he, you know he's a jiu-jitsu guy now. He, he's, he? he's been he's been going I've into seen a lot of Actually, yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen it on Instagram. Yeah, this, he's this, a very big guy. He's, he's done that competition. Quite good as well, man. Yeah. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg's doing the same thing, by the way. Which what the like? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's doing. Yeah. He's, he's entering nah. jiu-jitsu tournaments. Unless he puts on ten pounds, I can't picture him. Like, actually I guess I guess really he's a bit worried. Andrew Garfield might come back. <laughs> <laughs> Great film, by the way. Social network, Great incredible film. David Fincher, of course, another incredible director. Um, but yeah, no. What's in the box? Sorry, that was, that was I'm not gonna sad. lie, very controversial opinion, but I really, I don't really like Brad Pitt's acting in that film or in general, to be honest. You don't like it. I don't think Brad Pitt is a great. He's not a subtle actor. Yeah, I don't think Brad Pitt conveys emotions very well. That's my personal opinion. He picks roles incredibly well. He's part of like a lot of incredible films. The problem is for me, I'm kind. Of, I think it's because um, growing up, like I started watching that movies in the era of you know Brad Pitt. Yeah, DiCaprio, Bradley Cooper, like all these big guys. So I think I was a bit too biased when it came to him. Yeah. So I had to see his acting as good because he was the top guy. Yeah. Him and shit, who are, you know, like Johnny. De- I mean, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Like he kind of does play the same character in every movie. I think ever since Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. he has been typecasted a bit as just like a weird, has, yeah. weird funny okay. guy. Um. But yeah. I mean, I, uh, to be fair, I think one of Johnny Depp's most underrated performances is uh, Lily. He, he, he really? to me was an incredible underrated. I think he, he I think got his flowers for that. Yeah. Red Ryder properly. I think he got yeah. his flowers. Never mind. I've, 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 made, made, I've, just, I've never heard enough about that. No, movie. but no Charlie and Chocolate Factory, like, that was a really okay. good movie. Yeah. Okay. I should also look a bit fucked to watch as a kid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. It's kind of like <laughs> Disney movies. Like, when you yeah. pick up stuff, like, you didn't see as a child and exactly Disney yeah, yeah. animators Anarchy animators and Disney studios they knew what they were so doing. many innuendos in there for the, uh, for the watching adult it now, audiences it feels so weird like, and, like the shit they say like I can understand why they do that as well because yeah. I mean, if 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 you're going to take your kid to watch a movie, you want you, the adults. You want some, you want them to also enjoy have like yeah. a little bit of a laugh, mm, a snicker, yeah. like aha, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My kid doesn't understand that, but I do kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the talking about um Brad Pitt. What 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 is it that you you said? I think he's he meant by that the way he conveys emotions. Okay. I don't think he he's very good at emoting and expressing. Mm-hmm. So if he plays a role which requires a lot of like emotional expression or like an outburst or something, he plays the you know the stoic, cool bro leading man mm-hmm. or whatnot. He plays it very well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like a very emotional scene like the ending in Seven, which isn't a spoiler. I mean Seven's a very famous film. Mm-hmm. That 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 scene always creases me. It like, does. It no, the, the acting is. He's like, what's I mean, the, like you have you have you have Kevin Spacey and like, Morgan Freeman like acting their asses off, and you exactly. have this guy just shouting and like kind of look like. It, like it, a, it, a it was a bit off putting. I agree, but you mentioned yeah. stoic, and I think I think that is the best type of like. I feel like I, there's some actors you know that are just yeah. are destined for specific roles. Brad Pitt is one of those actors. Ryan Gosling, I will pull out. Oh. Oh. Um, and that links us back to Blade Runner twenty forty yeah, nine okay, and Denis Villeneuve. Blade Runner. I mean, we have to talk about this film. <laughs> I, it is my opinion that 
It is like probably one of the most beautifully crafted films of the last decade, if mm. not longer. Mm. It is like every single shot of that film, you could just freeze the frame and then put it on a poster. It's just Absolutely. that beautiful. Yeah. yeah. If you, now that you put it that way, it's like I'm trying to picture it. Yeah. And it's a like long ass film as well. Sale. It's literally what it's almost like, three hours long. There's there's one particular the the, the ending. I'm not gonna spoil it, but yeah. when when they're in that like river waterfall area, yes. and, like that they have the two ships like they're on. That, to me, every single shot, not even shot, but like millisecond of a shot, frame, yeah, yeah, is just so beautifully done. Where it, the, the water, like that's the most realistic representation of water I've seen that's been done in like. No, CG that movie was this one. It's like going into it, I d- I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I knew that technology had come a long way, blah blah blah, and. It was quite yeah. advanced, but the way it was executed, it's like it looked so, so realistic. It's like it genuinely looked futuristic. Yeah, exactly. It's like they filmed it in the future and then just set it back. Set it back. Exactly. Yeah. Was it, like, it was the most perfect representation of a dystopian world. Yeah. yeah. I'd say. It was crazy. Incredible film. You know what? Um, very popular opinion. Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor in history. Explain, because I, 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 I'm going to counter that immediately, but I'm going to give you a chance to stand your ground. He's just explain. amazing, bro. He can do it all. He Very can do versatile. it all. What can he do? Everything. He can scream. He can shout. He can let it all out. He can scream. He can shout. He can let it out. <laughs> I mean, he did have a good run in the 90s. Um, but, you guys um, watched Con Air? Yeah. yeah, yeah and uh, National Treasure. National yeah. Treasure. He's. I don't know if he's a. He's, he's the greatest actor of all time. I'm joking. He's not the goat. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen Ghost Rider? <laughs> um, but no, that guy is one of the most interesting people, like interesting yeah. actors out there. Like him, him and Brendan yeah. Fraser. I'm, I'm glad Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna no, lie. I've still not seen the whale. The whale was unwatchable, man. Like, like it was, when I say when I say unwatchable, like it's so right. the acting is incredible. Like the the, the movie's really like but Makes unwatchable because it's genuinely that heart wrenching. Like I watch yeah. that and I think like when 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 the daughter was Sadie um I can't remember her name. Uh, Sadie Sink or something. So, so Sadie something. Sadie, Sadie Sink. Oh, Sadie, Sadie Sink. Sink. Sorry, yeah. Sink. Yeah, Sink. Yeah. Um, and she she also incredible actress. Like there there's this particular scene in the movie where um, Brendan Fraser as the dad is arguing with Sadie as the daughter, and um the daughter essentially is like I'm 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 running my own life. You can't even get off the sofa. Like you can't really do anything. I, you're never really a part of my life. And then he's like, no, but I really want to be. The the the, the emotional gut wrenching parts yeah, of that movie is so, uh, is so off putting. I mean, especially like not even just the relationship with the daughter, but like just the just the way that they portray obesity at that level mm. makes you want to cry and just like curl up and not ever see that again. Like that's not a movie you can ever rewatch. I yeah, feel. that's what separates a good actor from a great actor. Like a yeah. good actor will make you enjoy the movie, but a great actor will make you feel. It immerses you in the experience. And that, that, that movie is actually a fascinating piece. I'm, I'm glad it got its flowers at um, the, the recent awards yeah, and stuff. Won, yeah, um, awesome even though I don't, really, I don't really think anyone really cares about the, the awards anymore. It's, 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 it's genuinely a meme. But no, like the, that, that movie is shot in, I think, essentially like two different areas, and that's about it. You have his house, mm-hmm. you have the bathroom, right. and you have like a few other shots of like, the, like different places. But that's it. Like It's just mm-hmm. those sets. Yeah. And um. It's it's what I was trying to bring into as well. Um, the the idea of building sets for cinematography, like mm. physical sets versus CG versus uh, well, how do you what do you place in the scene? Yeah. Like practical effects, practical yeah. effects, yeah. stuff like that. And um, mo- movies like that where it's just very one off close shots. You you can you can kind of just work around just not having anything there. You just have mm. your lighting set. You have yeah. you have all your 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 lenses set, and you just kind of work with it. You 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 let the characters move in that their, move in their the limited space. Exactly. Yeah. 
but you know, more of these high bid budget movies like the 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 Blade Runners, for example, yeah. the Dune, the 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 Marvel the Marvel pieces, like all of those. It. It's it, I I find it fascinating how directors are able to visualize while just looking at a green screen or like a, a like a big blue environment. But for actors as well. To immerse themselves in their roles. Exactly. Like, like, to, like. Okay, th- this is a bad example, but I mean, uh, actually, no, this is a very good example. What's is the it? name of the actor? Um, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Yes. Is Gollum. Yeah. I'm course. sorry, but Andy Serkis at Gollum in Lord of the Rings mm. at the time in which that movie was made. Yeah. It was like how was start of the millennium. As yeah, well, like, yeah. How the hell did he even understand? Like, that's how he was supposed to move. That's how he was supposed to yeah. like. Imagine the environment yeah. that he was in, because mm. I mean, most of that movie was also pretty much CG as well. Exactly. And at like, the time, like it stands up, it stands up to this day. Man. You know what? That's yeah. a really good thing that you just uh, mentioned. That I think a lot of people don't take into account because when they think of acting, they just think of you know, like just people speaking yeah. or whatever. But exactly. They don't realize that the people that played like you know, like these aliens or yeah. characters that need like all these practical effects. Exactly. Like the, the things they have. The um, perfect um, example is um. There's, there was this um, video on TikTok. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, you know, Planet of the Apes. Yes. Like yeah. the yeah. Andy Serkis is in that as well. Like, yeah. Bro, like the guy, he had to literally be a human ape. He had to do all the movements yeah. exactly how an ape would do it. Exactly. And then they had to put all the thingies on him. They don't get their flowers, you know. They don't it's get crazy, flowers. like yeah. how realistic he had to do it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how much of that is practical effects, though. You, you mentioned practical effects, right? I feel, I feel like that's a lot more tech based. No, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the, um, getting him to look like the characters yeah. that are yeah. making him act like because like he because <laughs> shit because no the only <laughs> thing that the computer had to do was make him look like Caesar everything else was acting exactly you know what I'm no, the, the, the facial so expressions like, everything yeah exactly. you're right you're he right. could have let's yeah. say if he was a really bad actor mm. he, he literally would have been like an ape that is human like an ape that walks around fucking acts it would have looked very weird yeah but he totally. literally made this ape look act like an ape yeah, well, like he, was an actual he, he was an yeah. ape that was able to think as a human. That's, exactly. that's what that's what the entire part exactly. of Caesar's character yeah. was. He was an yeah. ape. First and foremost, he was an ape, but he had the intelligence of a human. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it takes exactly. a great actor. It's actually a great trilogy. It's, um, it's, it's by the director of the Batman yeah. as well, yeah. um, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Um, but yeah, it's like a different form of acting because, mm-hmm. like, for a lot of normal films, they just fi- fixate on like facial expressions mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Whereas this one's more about physicality. It's, about physicality, mm-hmm. it's, it's about almost movements. like exactly. It's like, almost like you're in um you're on stage in a play. Yeah. I'd say I'd say yeah. it's more similar to plays in in that type of sense. It, 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 the, the actors have a lot more freedom with their the way they move, the way that like yeah. Because like, with with movies like that, you also you don't really get that many close ups. Like it, yeah. it's almost always like bigger picture you have shots. To see the action. Where you're 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 seeing the action, you're seeing something play out, you're seeing a character moving in an environment. Whereas like if it's people, for example, or, like it's people having a conversation. Like let's say this this podcast was being filmed right now, we'd we'd have a one one long shot camera that shows the entire thing, and then we'd have a lot of close ups to each of our faces. Yeah. That that that's how it would work in almost any set that you'd have. But like these these bigger picture ones, like especially with the practical effects and like these big studio developments, it's it's crazy how they're able to like take fifty different takes and like still somehow connect them. You were mentioning um shaky cam, right? I really wanted to get into that. Oh shaky boy. cam, oh boy, <laughs> it's not a diss on action films, right? But it is a diss. Because, like as I said, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of times shaky cams are used because the choreography is shit mm-hmm. and they don't want to show it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, like for example, someone like John Wick. I'm not the biggest fan of the franchise, but like John Wick, it does use, it does have incredible choreography and yeah. all of that. But, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the best action films are Asian. 
That's my personal Ooh, opinion. Absolutely. I don't think it's absolutely. yeah. It's not an opinion, but it's a fact. It's a fact, <laughs> exactly. And like, I don't know if you've ever seen Old Boy. It's on my it's on my account actually. Yeah. Old Boy. It's a South Korean film. It has a one one take action sequence in a hallway uh-huh. that is genuinely one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. I strongly recommend you to watch that film. Shit. Just to watch that sequence. Okay. It is incredible. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, that film is, is something very, yeah. very fucked up. What, what do you think is it, it is about an Asian film, film, filmography that is able to better accentuate or better express action? I think it's the fact that a lot of Asian martial arts, they don't focus on necessarily harming the person. Mm-hmm. They focus on aesthetics they focus on movement they focus mm. on cohesiveness okay like they accentuate their movements a lot you know trying to just kill them straight away exactly like it's almost like a performance there's a performative yeah. element to a lot of asian not even just chinese which i'm familiar with but like with a lot of asian martial arts i feel like this sort of performance it's evasive element, almost right it's, it's exactly it's, it's, it's chan is the perfect mm-hmm. example of that it's like, how, how do I how do I inflict damage without getting hit or necessarily ex- ex- yeah like putting in like, too much of a physical effort so I can continue to fight? He's constantly running yeah. away, but somehow he's always being dragged back in. Yeah, and it's just like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's why Chinese martial arts or Asian martial arts translates so well into movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it all started with like well, obviously uh, there were a lot of Asian martial arts films like Bruce Lee and all that, mm-hmm. but I think how it first got into the mainstream was when like a Hong Kong martial arts director. He helped coordinate the Matrix, the stunts in the Matrix. Okay. I think that was where it kind of started, which obviously the Matrix is a oh, legendary, incredible, legendary yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, some of the sequences, you know, when he dodges the bullets mm. and all mm. that. Like, I was saying the same shit. for the last one, but continue. I've not even, I didn't even bother seeing no, that. Was, everyone, everyone, everyone knew that it was, was a cash grab. I mean, yeah. no one, no one really thought bad. that was going to be. Like, so yeah, it was a bit Because, I mean, the, the way they ended that time. franchise as well, it, it made no sense for there to be another, another one. one. Yeah. Yeah. That so story was it. done. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, world, the world was explored. The world, yeah, it's moved on. Exactly. We can get back to that a bit later into the podcast as well, where the franchises, it's something that really, like, annoys me about cinematography nowadays but I wanted to get back to the action thing um, I think that I had an example in my mind of how Asian martial arts kind of had an influence on how certain films were made have you guys ever watched the original Pink Panther series like in the 1970s 80s um, where it's this uh, like Inspector Clouseau there's the actual Pink Panther diamond I think I know what scene you're talking about I, I think I've shown you a few yeah. clips of that and that um, particular one that, exactly there's this one particular scene in um, the, it's, 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 that's also a franchise uh, yeah. m- movie franchise I think the third movie I believe where the main character and his assistant he essentially has his assistant come and attack him at random times so he'd always be prepared. It's supposed to be a comedy bit. Okay. And um, the the assistant will randomly show up in his house without him knowing and then start a fight. And it's all just done in this one shot of this apartment right. from one camera angle. So the angle of the camera is kind of in the living room where you can see almost every room because it's like basically a small space and it's like okay. there's no closed doors, it's all open doors. Yeah. And then each individual room also has like one camera set. So you're kind of moving right. around like they're yeah. all it's 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 done in one take and you have like the assistant fighting the the, the inspector okay. and with different weapons they're they're making sound effects it's it's a comedy movie yeah, so obviously yeah. it's going to be a really funny scene as well and they move around that entire apartment with these cameras set up and it's all done in one take mm. like the, the 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 sets being destroyed like it's an actual proper set like a house like every yeah. time they they fall everything every time something breaks like they're actually falling down they're yeah. actually getting hurt like, like it's it's a level of it's a level of dedication that I think 
you only really see in like more Asian yeah. martial arts, where it's, it's one take, you it's, it's more organic, you actually see an actual thing being choreographed rather than just fu- 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 shot, 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 100%. cut, cut, cut. Yeah. One it's very difficult. One take. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult. I think like recently two two films that come to mind. Um, was it nineteen seventeen? Nineteen seventeen. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously Deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was maybe Birdman. I don't know if you've seen Birdman. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, obviously those two films aren't mm. proper one take, but mm. yeah, when it comes to mind, like one take. I'll be films. honest, I didn't really understand Birdman. Oh. In um, terms of like the final message, yeah, or, yeah. I, mean, I, just meant to I, I don't want to spoil it, but like yeah. it, it, it felt a bit convoluted to me. Like, like they were trying to sell something yeah. that really, like, it was, it was, they were trying too much. I don't know. That yeah, it was a very emotionally yeah. distressing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe maybe those films just don't sit well with me anymore. <laughs> I watched like, that. I watched I that too young, man. Yeah. I think I cried when <laughs> I left yeah. the cinema. Uh, mov- Ooh, I know a movie I watched too young. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, I wish bro, someone warned shit, me, man. I wish someone warned me. What age you watch this? Bro, because I could watch it. Right. You watch bro. it at thirteen, mate. I watched that movie thirteen nah. years old, man. That like genuinely, bro. I could not sleep for a week. No, mate. Just, Requiem for a Dream. I mean, I could. Well, I could watch it now. Yeah, yeah now like, yeah, it'll be yeah, fucked like, up for that. Like, it would be slightly better now, but thirteen. Uh, that's there's just so many How are you distressing okay? things. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the, the story, the, the plot was so good that I just had to keep watching it. And then, like as I kept watching it, like I just getting more and more like what the fuck is going on, yeah. kind of thing. I think the way it creates tension so well was the quick cuts that it yeah. used. You know that repeating yeah. sequence mm-hmm. that I'm talking mm-hmm. about with all the yeah, and the quick cuts as well. Like especially in the ending sequence, yeah. I'm not gonna go into it, yeah, but where they plan to like yeah. the different characters and all mm-hmm. that. Like quick cuts like these really ramp up the attention in the drama. I, th- that that was that was another um part. Even though that movie scars me to this day, that was another part of that movie I really like. Uh, they they had three essentially three separate characters yeah. going through their individual journeys, and like yeah. they all, all those journeys had a central theme. Obviously, mm. the misuse of drugs, mm. and um or not the misuse of drugs, rather the 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 overuse of drugs. I'd say. Or like yeah, reliance on it, and, and like, Basically. and the effect that that has on each of their personal lives, and like, yeah. there's whatever their environment is, and you have like, different characters with different lives essentially. Like, yeah, you, you have a you have a woman who's coming up in her twenties, you have a man mm. who's coming up in his twenties, but two very different perspectives. You have a older mother type in, yeah. in, a, in a, like a Ellen Burstyn, exactly, one of the greatest actors of all time, um, yeah. and kind of going through. Not a middle age crisis, but rather just loneliness because there's no exactly. one in her life Going anymore. Exactly, yeah. and like her TV is her only companion, and then you have that relationship obviously exemplify and yeah. turn into something crazy with with the drugs that she's on. Yeah. But like it, the way that movie is shot is just fascinating because they, they 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 convey like especially the use of lenses in that movie. Mm-hmm. Each character has a specific lens. Lens. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, I can't remember the the. The, the female actress's name. She's Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly has a, I think, a reddish hue on almost all of her yeah. scenes. Jared Leto has more of a natural, bluish kind of hue, yeah. and then you have the darker hue with the grandma. Yeah, and it all gets progressively darker. Exactly. After the film exactly. With yeah. like, which is fi- like th- th- those tiny cues that like yeah. filmers or, or, or like people who fi- like make these movies are able to use. It just yeah. conveys stories so much more organically rather than just in yeah. your face. Exactly. Like, they just want you to pick up on like the little things. Yeah. So, it's so subtle as well. Mm-hmm. Like. People don't really, they can't fully clock it when they first, obviously if you watch it the third time and you mm. pick up, but like, yeah. when you first see it, you just like, it affects your mood, but you don't really know why, and it's these little subtle tweaks, mm-hmm. you know, and like, the way you said about Hughes is very nice, because, like looking back to colours for example, yeah. a lot of directors use colours to represent characters, 
you know, especially in films where there's quite a lot of characters, there's mm -hmm. quite a lot of things going on. Yeah. Having these things to differentiate between each character is like, it's these visual cues that helps move the story along. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking of something like the reason why I, th I, th I feel like it's so difficult for people to understand movies is because I'm thinking of like the most recent movie slash book combination, and I think it was in school. A Streetcar Named Desire, if you guys you know, right? Streetcar Named Street Desire. Desire. Yeah. Very, Have very classic. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember we read it and then we watched it. So it's like, I think when there's like a book to go along with it, yeah, it feels like you're inside like the director's head in a way. Because like you pick up on everything. Yeah. Because like when they sit down, you know they're not, they're not just sitting down. He's sitting down to drown in his, I don't know, tears or whatever. Yeah. And when he looks that way, it's because he's thinking about this moment. And then all the colours, everything is explained in such mm. a very yeah. you know, progressive way. Everything is just out there. You basically have like a blueprint for it. Exactly. Whereas when you watch movies that, you know, just movies, no books. Yeah, an original like, creation, yeah. You, you can't really, you don't have time to focus on all those little things. Right. So yeah. it's like, the only things that you can like pick up on are the things that you see. Because yeah. it's, it's just progressive. It's not a thing where you know what's going to happen next. You know there's going to be the scene. It's going to be blue chairs and then pink tables and then this is going to happen. Yeah. So I think that's what makes movies so special. Because it's like, it's going to happen once and it's, you're either going to see it or you're yeah. not. Whereas for a book, you can always, you know, go back to it back and then come it, exactly. back. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, even if you do watch it, because it's all laid out there. But for movies, like, it's either you see it or you don't. So you, you have to watch it over and over and over again just mm. to realize, like, two, three things. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm going to segue a bit and ask a bit more of a deep question. I, yeah. I don't know if it's deep or it's just going to come off as stupid. But, um, no, no. Well, There's this are, are, are there... I, I guess. I guess. Are there, are there a there stupid question? <laughs> I think I think I've had a few stupid questions <laughs> in my time. I'll be honest. Bro. I think, I think everyone been has. We've all been yeah, there. We've all been yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> you've, you've asked something so dumb that you just think like, come on. But no. What I the, on a more serious note, what I wanted to ask was, um, how has cinema affected like your life? Like, what what has it done to improve your mood? For example, like if let's say for example, like. I I I for example will watch a movie when I'm sad that like will make okay. me cheer up like uh, that, yeah. that that's that's kind of like what I wanted to bring this episode more into like the effect cinematography has on your mood or your okay. mental health for example yeah. Yeah. like the correlation back in play so yeah. they, how how is that applied in your personal life? I mean for me, the way I watch movies, I don't really use it like and as a way to like relieve stress or okay. whatnot. It's more a way to detach from reality. Okay. Like, yeah. Cause. Yeah. What I love about movies and why I prefer films instead of shows is like it only takes maybe two, three hours of your time, like mm -hmm. usually two hours, whereas a show is yeah. like a long term commitment. So like you detach yourself of reality. Mm -hmm. In those two hours or three hours you're immersed in that world. And after that, okay, it was incredible, then you're still like you're still in it. But like most of the time you can just like get back to normal, go back to it. But in those two or three hours, magic happens, you know what I mean? You learn about different cultures, you learn about yeah all these incredible portrayals of stuff you've never heard of before, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, you see such creative visions being executed. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. In those two, two, three hours, you can just, like, lose everything you know about yourself in the world and just be in that moment. I think that's beautiful, personally. Okay. Yeah. So, so a detachment from reality, then. Like, why, why do you think we would need that? Or what, what, is, what does cinema do to provide that for you? Like, like... Any specific examples you know where you've watched a movie and then like for the next week you've just been thinking how did they manage to create that scene or like what what was their idea behind it? I mean, I'm still thinking of that film. My most recent film I've watched is um 
Yeah, let's talk about that because it's a little topic for one. Uh, Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster. I don't know if you've seen any of Ari Aster's movies. I don't believe I have. Uh, yeah. He is but I will be after, after this, from the looks of it. The, the, lead, the lead is Joaquin Phoenix as well. The lead is so Joaquin Phoenix, that, that's yeah. A um, basically, he's like one of the greatest horror directors of our time. And the things that he comes up with are just mm. ridiculous. They're just like... I just kept saying, like, what the fuck is going on watching the film? The creative genius. Exactly, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like, stuff like that, just, that just makes you appreciate. Ari Aster did um, Hereditary as well. Hereditary right? and Midsommar. Hereditary, yeah. that, yeah. I mean, that I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Midsommar, oh, that, that movie. Oh, the, the, oof. That's yeah. something else. I could talk about that for hours. That, that, yeah. I wouldn't say it scarred me, because, I mean, it was one of the lighter Ari Aster movies in terms of, like... Yeah, I wouldn't say it was as terrifying. Yeah, as, yeah but it yeah. definitely was something. No, but I'm Flo- Florence Pugh in that movie as well. Florence Pugh in general. He's on a sure. role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can shoot a horror movie in the day, like exactly throughout the whole yeah, time, it's, like, it's, exactly. it's just sunlight, and that is you're just still bright sunlight. Exactly, as well. like you, you normally associate you know you're doing horror or that with yeah. darker and colors, can, like, and it's just do that. It's like subverting and still convey the meaning across. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that the, those applications of like the, when you're able to use a medium and then portray that medium in a completely different new light. Yeah. Th- those 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 are the things that really stand out. Because I mean. I was I was mentioning how I wanted to talk about franchises and the um the my dislike towards the the way that Hollywood or just yeah we were talking about the Matrix so yeah, yeah yeah in general how we're g- moving into this franchise yeah. era I mean Fast Ten for example come on like, like I mean <laughs> no, so I used to eat that shit up when I was no a kid, like. absolutely <laughs> I, I, like the, the, but it's I feel like it's taking away from the the the, the true objective of what mm. cinema always was meant oh, to be yeah. like, to to wow audiences to yeah. to, to ex- exactly detach from reality like. Yeah. And but then again, I think like what you're saying, you guys are both. I think that's you guys are both right. Basically, you're just explaining like two different sides. Because you're right. On one hand, it doesn't really take like I don't know, I don't know, most the best acting possible to fucking drive a car around, yeah. and fucking fly out of the car, <laughs> jump back into the car, take the car to space, turn the car into a fucking Literally. Optimus Prime. It doesn't require that much, yeah. you know, energy and effort. But at the same time, like you were saying, like these movies aren't really there for you to go out to pick out the best acting. Yeah. You just go watch it because it's fucking Fast and Furious. Like, that's exactly. true. You're I mean, not really I, hoping I, to see anything crazy. Like, you say, already know what you're getting into. Say what you will about that Transformers series. That, that, that Those movies are fun to fucking watch. Man. Exactly. They're fun to <laughs> you watch. just said... Because <laughs> how stupid they are. They genuinely <laughs> are fun to watch. And Megan Fox. And, oh, and Megan Fox. Megan. Well, that's not good. Megan who now? <laughs> but I mean, context is quite important mm. when you perceive like franchises. Mm-hmm. As I said, like the underlying aim is just different. You can't compare. It's uh, a money making machine. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's meant to be. And when a studio pumps like two hundred million dollars to make the blockbuster, mm. sorry to cut you off, brother. Um, when a studio it's pumps like two hundred million dollars, they expect something in return. Yeah. Like it's com- you can't expect that from like an indie film where exactly. you spend two million dollars exactly. into it. But so, I'm I'm glad I'm glad yeah. you're we're able to get more of these um like. Not not unique pieces. That, that's the yeah. right way to put it. Unique pieces where they get incredibly high budgets and they're allowed to just roll with it. Like yeah. I mean, Dune would could not have been Dune if the studio didn't back them. Yeah, that movie, I'll be honest with you, is a bore fest. There's nothing that really happened. There's yeah. the, like the, the the story probably progresses about three percent in reality to what happened. It was very much like a world construction. Exactly. Like it was it was literally an introductory chapter yeah. that cost the studio about two fifty million to make. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that was a risk that they actually took, which made me so happy. Cause, I respect that. I mean, that, I, that, I, I can talk for hours about Dune, but I'm not going yeah. to. But uh, We could make a whole podcast about <laughs> it. Literally. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've rewatched that movie so many times that I can yeah. pick out so many details from it. But it's... Th- I'm I'm glad that we're even if we are going into this era of high budget, let's get money back. We're we're still kind of di- sub diverting back into mm. the idea that you can't. You have to also make something that's meaningful, yeah, like Avatar, for example. Yeah. Like crazy high budget, but even the new one, Way of Water, actually a pretty good story. Like I'd say even better than the original one. Like this visually story, stunning, visually as well. stunning I as think well. It's absolutely. Good. Yeah. You know what? I think that with these. Um, movies and all like the different genres i think it's a good thing in a way yeah because if you think about it it's kind of like with music not everyone's gonna listen to the same genre of course i like rap i like i mean i literally listen to everything yes including metal yes i said metal there we go i'll judge crucify me whoever's listening to this (laughs) but yeah it's like not everyone's gonna like everyone's got their own taste about it so it's like you can't really for me like good acting is the type of shit that we've, I guess, all agreed on, that yeah. makes you feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those movies, like, tend to be, like, indie movies. Like, not really big, high budget. It's just acting, like, the whole thing. Mm. It's not about the budget. It's literally just the actors bring the characters to life. Yeah. But for, like, a, I don't know, a 14, 15-year-old that runs around playing with those action figures all day, they're not going to give two shits about that. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. just going to want to see shit blow up. Guys yeah, flying around, going to space, coming back, explosions, turning yeah. into different. That's that's what they want to see, mm-hmm. basically. So they're trying to cater to all these different audiences yeah. and to make a lot of money also. So one one media form is able to 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 convey or at least provide entertainment to that much of a variety of people. I, I think basically. that's bad. There's there's not much that can do that. I mean, exactly. books, for example, be, like, everyone can read books, but like yeah. it's not. It's still not like universally acceptable like i mean like uh, you, you're not gonna see like a 40 year old man read a nursery rhyme book right i mean they, they, you could <laughs> no, one, no one's judging no one's I'll judging judge but i mean it, you I don't really see that ha- happen whereas i mean like <laughs> my my i don't know my my uncle for example um like he 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 really liked watching tom and jerry with us honestly i would watch tom and jerry, jerry yeah. any day of the week it's a children's show but it's still applicable to any audience if you really want to be yeah yeah and that, 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 I, I, I like that about um, cinema, like just cinema in general, because you're able to apply so much to so much. You, like, yeah. uh, no, apply so little to so much. Like, yeah. just one concept or one, one very simple idea that you just bring forward can be watched by anybody. Charlie Chaplin, like, that, that's like all the way Timers. back to the beginning. Yeah. Everyone, like, even to this day, if, if you showed me a, a clip of one of those Charlie Chaplin specials where he, like, Falls from a building and then like gets racketeered up by some by some pole or some stick. Exactly. Like it's, it's still entertaining to watch. It's still timeless, exactly. And that's the Mr. thing about Bean. yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Bean, Bean, of course, of course. Oh. <laughs> Classic Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, what were you saying? No, that's the thing about like creative mediums. It's like different people have so many different interpretations of it. Yeah. And going back to like for example, like with the movie and Earth and like mainstream films that actually have a lot of production value, is like. Like, this is going to sound a bit pessimistic, but I'd say Villeneuve is very, very rare. I think the only people who could do this is him and Christopher Nolan. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's a diamond in a haystack. Yeah, like, uh, these two are the only star. ones who <laughs> achieve this sort of status that they basically studios who just give them however mm. fucking much they want to make whatever fucking shit they want. Mm. Like, that is the only... Because, like, Nolan had his commercial failure with Tenet. It made, like... Maybe a tenth of yeah. the budget. Well, obviously, COVID played a part. Mm. 
in June, let's be real, they're not doing very well at the office, as you said, there's not a lot going on. Exactly. But, you know, the fact that they still managed to make, you know, Doom Part 2 and no one's making another massive mm-hmm. budget film. It's just rare. And that's how you need, like, a studio, like, like A24, for example. A24 I mean, Yeah, A24 yeah. films. I think Roadshow is also really good. Not of course, yeah. yeah. So, like, studios like these, they're going to be the future of what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Because, realistically, there's no other studio out there mm-hmm. who would give Ari Aster... Fox Searchlight also is doing a pretty yeah. decent job recently. Yeah. Uh, to be, I think, I think the to be fair, there's the, there's there are a lot of searchlight films that I that I appreciate, but there's one in specific that comes to mind to me. You guys watch Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Misery? Yes. 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 yes, Such an incredible. Martin Sarah Sarah Sher- Such a Sarah Sharon. Yeah. She, she was like. I don't think she was Sarah in that film. No, yeah. it's, it's, um, it was Three uh, Billboards. Francis McDormand. Yeah, Francis McDormand. It was like about. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of the other one. Something it has Woody Harrelson as a cop in it. Yeah. And, uh, it was about a mother Harrison. trying to find her... Um, no, I've seen that, but I was thinking of Sarah Sharon as well. Ronan... She is a very great, great actress, to say. Great I, actress. I'm trying to... I, I think no, I know which I remember after I saw it, I watched like an interview with her, so I'm getting the two... Like, Saoirse Ronan. Is that like, Lady Bird? Lady Bird. Yeah, she was in Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Little Women. Little Women. That's the one. A lot of different But yeah, three billboards. No, but you, you bringing that point back to the studios, I feel like that's a very important segue, kind of yeah. like to just to summarize what we've been talking about. It, it is it is incredibly important that mm-hmm. that studios are giving more light to directors. But you exactly. you mentioned you mentioned Denis Villeneuve, you mentioned Christopher Nolan. Are there up and coming directors that you're fascinated by? Really, Jake, fill some knowledge. Ooh. That's a tough one. I've been really liking Robert Eggers. Okay. Um, he's uh, he does a bit of horror, mm-hmm. like him and Ari Aster, who I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think this genre is really, is really piqued my interest because they don't really make traditional, conventional horror with like jump scares and yeah. all that. Yeah. They focus a lot on um, the creating of tension and the sustaining of the atmosphere throughout the entire film. Like that is what makes a film scary or not scary. Depends on how you see it. It's more psychological, mm-hmm. more than actual like body or like you know traditional mm-hmm. horror and all that. And what's more important is that their cinematography is fucking sensational. Mm. And like, <coughs> we've seen like Hereditary, for example. I think Ari Aster uses Polish cinematographer, but um, their attention to detail is immaculate. Like, for example, Robert Eggers made a film called The Lighthouse in 2019. Oh yes, yes, yeah. with um, Robert Pattinson and, um, and, and, and Willem Dafoe. Exactly, and it uses complete like period correct. Mm all the furniture, all the equipment, everything, it's all period correct, stuff like that. And obviously, I could talk about The Lighthouse all day, they use a very interesting film ratio, um, and all that, black and white. <coughs> was it um, 14 by 6? No, it was... It was It was in the cube, that's yeah, all I know. Yeah. It was in the cube, yeah. it was like in the classic 20s film. Like proper, horror. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this genre of, like, I call it neo-horror, in terms of, mm. it's not really for traditional ghost stories or whatnot. Mm. Is more there's more of a psychological element about mm. it, and it is just a beautiful work of art to watch. Because when you associate horror, you usually think about these tacky, cheap, you know, stupid movies that a bunch of friends just watch together, have a laugh about, to scream. What? Scream's incredible. Oh, I mean, scream <laughs> is incredible. Um, but I mean, scream isn't like people screaming. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah. horror has always been a genre that's been overlooked by mm. a lot of film critics and whatnot. And it's like they're bringing, they're making a horror an art. I think the problem with that is, it's because the acting has been historically shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> in horror movies, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like you don't go to watch horror movies for the acting, just to see the characters. Again. It's like that's all they focus on. Exactly. You're there, and now you're gonna die. That's yeah. Nothing. That's what separates 
really good horror movies from like so normal horror movies. In that genre, what you're saying is that you're appreciating the fact that you were moving away from the olden day tropes and exactly. into something that's more. You're making horror not. Yeah. I think that's quite difficult. Yeah, you're redefining a genre. Yeah. Um. What's What's the name of the um the, the there's the, the the guy who directed the Conjuring parts and also some of the Fast and Furious movies. Um. He's an Asian bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Singaporean guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, I forgot his exact name. Not evil guy. Something like Han or Tan or something. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to get it wrong, Wan? so I'm not gonna. I'm not sure. Yeah, but he, he I, James I, I, Wan. I think James, James Wan. Wong. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, he's he's one of those fil- f- um, filmographers I thought that was gonna be doing something interesting in the horror space because yeah. not not the Conjuring specifically, but there's there's some other movie of his that I remember watching that um was w- one of his like low budget indie movies that kind of got him into mm. the scene was mm. horror as well, where it wasn't um necessarily what you were talking about, where it was more like genre changing. It was rather he used jump scares in a very unique way that yeah. I hadn't seen before, which I yeah. thought would be introduced later on into the Conjuring movies, but he didn't really get that there, maybe because of the budget, maybe because of the studio restrictions, I don't know. But, I don't know, horror in, in general is a genre, I feel, that has, like, a lot of space you can work A lot of potential. Like, especially right now, because it, it, before, it, it, there's, like, you, you have yeah. the, the Blair Witch Project type movies, yeah. you have the Paranormal... Which is a great film, Blair Witch Project, movie, Terri- yeah. terrifying Exactly, film. but... I, I like that we're deviating more into more of these mindfuck movies yeah. where it's rather than just like, ooh, ghost, wow. It's, yeah. it's like actual like concepts that bring real fear into exactly. our lives. You like, want something that you haven't seen before. Exactly. Because like, that's what horror is at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Fear instilling. It doesn't have to come from an, a, a, a supernatural stance, from, for example. Course, it can come yeah. from your own brain. It can come from your own family. It can come from, like, it can come from anything. There you go. I, I like that we're transitioning into that, but yeah, cool. so we we've talked about aspiring director, like the up and coming directors. What do you think? What do you think cinematography is going to look like in the next five years, and just film in general? Oh, it's a hard one. I'm not going to lie, with how rapidly technology is advancing, I mean that's going to pretty much like you could see some crazy fucking images that you wouldn't even have thought were possible. How I mean, is AI going to impact um, Yeah, there's that shit. as well. <laughs> like, I, I, I was, I was thinking about this for, for quite a while, you yeah. know, like, I mean... You know what? This is perfect for this. I know I cut you off, but... No, I think I'm not going what, no, You made a really good point there that I think it's kind of scary, but I think it might actually end up happening. I think we might be entering into, like, a new age of, like, storytelling <coughs> movie making. Yeah. Because there's this app that I've been using. I, c- I don't know how to pronounce it, but Kaiba or Kaiba. Okay. So you type in whatever you want, and it creates some like videos for you. Right. And I think the max you can do is like five or ten minutes. Okay. I mean, the longer it is, the more it's going to cost you. Yeah. But but it's literally yeah. 2023, and you can do stuff like that. You can literally create an entire story. So like you're, you're able to yeah. give a prompt, yeah. and exactly. AI is able to generate, generate like an yeah. actual yeah. piece. Of it's really crazy, bro. Like. And what what's what's in it? Is it, is it like like is it like actual scenes? Like or is it is it CG? Like w- 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 what is well, it producing? It produces literally whatever. It's it's like um. So if I say like I want I want Woody doing a backflip, it's gonna it's gonna give me Woody doing a backflip. I mean, I haven't like tried out a real person or character yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I feel like it will do it. So it's like you type in whatever you want, and it basically draws on all the knowledge it has, everything it's learned. It just creates the thing that will fit exactly for what it is you're, ser- you're yeah. seeking. Okay. And it gets it right every single time. So what I'm thinking That's is, crazy. in the next, maybe not 10, 20, but the next 100 years, yeah. I think people are going to be able to do that. They're just going to type in stuff, and, and the AI generate. is going to create a movie for them. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's it is endless terrifying. content. It is so terrifying. Yeah. 
Because even with like a lot of recent films recently, they've been using like de aging processes, mm. stuff like that. It's just that, 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 it's kind of scary honest, when no, you come to think about mm, it. The de aging yeah. process thing is wild, man. The yeah. fact that you're able to to be able to do that, the level exactly. at which they do it as well. I mean, yeah. what, what's what's one that like, which was it's done the, recently? Um, Will Smith movie. Yeah, the Will yeah. Smith movie. Fucking, yeah. I forgot what it's called. I that one was pretty. I mean, it was really good, but you could tell it was fake. Yeah. yeah. But it was still really Th- good. There's, there's a recent one as well, right? Um, well, even Scorsese used it in Scorsese, The Irishman. Yeah, The so Irishman. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Robert De Niro. He, he makes, that. like, you see him aging. It's just so weird. Yeah, like, it's having seen him in my entire life and then see him aging, like, it, it felt like they genuinely filmed this over 20 years. Yeah. Right? Like, well, that, that's what it felt like. And like, they were able to convey a story freaky. that well. The use of just techn- technology. It, it, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of spaces that I feel cinematographers can go to. Yeah. And, I mean, I know, I know we've... You, you always have this concern that like once story like the amount of stories that have been told is there really a, a new way in which you can do this unique but I, I, I don't view it that way at all I feel like that's the challenge that that makes it more interesting the fact that there's already like as the medium gets bigger and bigger and the, mm. the diary becomes bigger and bigger standing out in the diary is going to take a lot more effort and I feel like that's that's what we're transi- transitioning into because if you want to stand out now because you have the formulaic because they're always going to exist but Keeping alive that other section of cinematography or film that advances the the medium itself, that's what the important thing is. And that that that's what I was trying to like segue into with the formulaic yeah. franchise yeah. thing. And that's my concern. As we get into more of this consumption of fast media, where yeah. we just want one format, we want it yeah. quick, we want it instant, we want it every two months, a new Marvel movie pumped out, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm. How much money is going into that, and how much money is going into things that are actually going to change the way we exactly. perceive film? Do you know what I think? I think there's like two ways of looking at this. I mean, I think this is our issue with pretty much everything that there is. You can either do the same thing, like the way everyone else does it, but in a very like nuanced, a really rich and you know captivating way, okay. or you can do something completely different. Perfect example examples. Ah, uh, I can't fucking speak. Perfect. <laughs> I haven't eaten, bro. I had four malted milk, so hence why. <laughs> Malted milks are going to Tesco. Yeah, so Tesco true. biscuit, by the way. <laughs> yes. We got this. Perfect yes. examples of this. First movie, like, well, not movie, like movies, like, the, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series and then okay. Halloween and stuff like that. Those movies are very, you know, I guess, stereotypical, you know, like, thriller slash whatever you want to call them, or screen, whatever. And then you have movies like, have you guys seen X? It's yes. got Kid Cudi in it. Have yeah, you seen yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's really good, bro. Yeah. You have stuff like that. It's like it's yeah. a new movie, but it genuinely felt like it was shot in the eighties. Like, yeah, okay. it was ridiculously crazy, and the whole story just wasn't making sense. Like, I strongly recommend you to watch it. Bro, it's actually bro. a great film. It's, it's a great film. really yeah, good. Well. Um, yeah. it's gonna it's be a trilogy. It's okay. very weird. Yeah, you have stuff like it's something very new. Like, it brings like a I don't know something. I guess that the genre has been missing. So you're saying, so you're saying this will still always exist, even though yeah. we have like the, the formulaic shit pumped out. Yeah. With no, no one's there'll always be crea- creative people. That's yeah, why exactly. And like at, at the end yeah. of the day, like all you really need for like a creative person is to have someone to back them and exactly. give them a budget. And mm. there's always going to be people who want that into in, uh, coming to the world as well. Exactly. Right? But uh, I'm still keeping my faith. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of people who've been very pessimistic about mm-hmm. the future of the film industry. Mm-hmm. No, so when when yeah. when the advent of um. Netflix and that kind yeah, of stuff oh, came yeah. in. I, exactly. I, I got quite concerned that the beauty mm. of cinema was going to disappear, yeah. but it still hasn't. I mean, mm. cinema is still kicking on as as it always is. Yeah. And it, like these these uh the 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 other forms of media we consume, Netflix, Disney, like these subscription based things, 
they exist, but they don't really hinder our cinema capabilities. Mm. Like, people still do want to go and watch movies. It's an atmosphere, like, the whole experience. And yeah. the, the concern I had was, oh, people are going to be like, no, I'm not going to go watch it in a theater. I'll just wait for it to come on my, yeah. my subscription. But even then, like, you're I'm still... I'm actually about that. Exactly. You're yeah. still able to monetize a lot of ads. You're still able to yeah. monetize a lot of, like, subscriptions. It's... Yeah. it's it's not the be all end all is what I like. I, that was my concern. Exactly. I was one of those pessimists, but I, I yeah. think I'm slowly being turned around to it. It's like creativity is always going to exist in this world. It's one of those things I'll never get. It's kind of like with, um, let's say cars, because I'm really into cars. Oh, sorry. Yeah. This could well, be an, uh, <laughs> next podcast. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm into cars as in I want to, like, you know, get fucking a billion supercars or whatever, but I'm into, like, the tech. Okay. Like, whenever I watch a video, I always watch, like, zoom in, well, fast forward to the infotainment bit. So I'm not going to lie, like when you first said cars, I thought you were talking about the Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that, nah, too. No, cars, too, bro. I was ready, I was ready was to talk about it. Just ripping it in yeah, Japan, right? Yeah, that was my childhood core, man. Core childhood. My favorite bit was when he got flashed. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, guys. He literally got flashed, so that's that. But, yeah. Ka-chow. <laughs> like I was saying... My train of thought is coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. So it's kind of like the way the it's going right now, like the scene in the um, automotive industry. Okay. Like, you know how everyone's leaning towards like you know electric cars, yeah. more efficient and stuff like that. Right? But the thing is, let's say in the next twenty, I think it's by twenty fifty or whatever, when they want every or at least fifty, sixty, whatever to percent be of cars to be electric. Yeah. The thing is, even if that happens. No, actually, because that's gonna happen. Yeah, it is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what's gonna lead in like a spike in demand for like these cars. Yeah, because like, these cars carry like history with them. Like these, they've been around our whole lives. Exactly. So that's the same with this. The Mustang's never so gonna go away. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I understand what you're that. trying to they say. They do have it's an like electric Mustang. Netflix yeah. Um, yeah. might be there, might be taking everything, but it's like because there's gonna be well, there's already so many different ways. You've got Amazon Prime. Yeah. You've got Disney Plus. That's, that's why there's gonna be a demand for something that's. Old that's got history that's yeah. not just fucking pumping content. There's some good stuff coming out from these streaming services. The thing is, like, well. yeah, I was gonna a say, because I wanted to defend, well, not defend, but clarify, because Netflix, obviously, 99% of what they produce is pretty much hot garbage. But they there's, there's that one percent. They have funded, like, for example, The Irishman was funded by yeah, Netflix. Apple TV is doing a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, right? Apple TV is funding Scorsese's new film as well. So, like, <coughs> I wouldn't say they are the worst culprits in that type of sense. Because, mm. like, I'm not saying in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the ninety-nine percent of shit they yeah. do, they, there's the one percent which is yeah. fucking mm. incredible. Yeah. But I think it's mainly the consumer culture that's yeah. been generated. I think yeah. that's the biggest yeah. culprit. I think yeah, it'll be fine. We just need to, I guess, adapt to it. Exactly. Things are gonna change. We are exactly. gonna wake up one day, yeah. and fucking, you're just gonna be clapping your fingers or your hands, and then the movie will just suddenly come down, rain on you, whatever. But we just have to realize that things like the cinema, yeah. we can't just get rid of. It. Exactly. So let's keep it. I like the cinema. Let's keep the cinema. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Keep the cinema. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you for being our first ever guest, Toby. It was a it was wonderful having, having you on. Hope you enjoyed it. It was my. Uh, it hope was my the listeners did as well. Uh, yeah, that was the second ever episode of Smoke with Sundays. Stay tuned for the next one coming in two weeks or a week. I don't know. We'll decide. Soon. <laughs> in Very a bit. Soon. <laughs> uh.